This is it. You are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, I want to blow open the doors regarding the concealment and and what I believe is the is the deliberate hiding of uh, certain highly advanced military technologies and highly advanced uh, military science. And of course, it gets it gets wider than that. You know, every one of you that uh, have been walking with the Lord, and I, when I say that, I don't mean it as a religious cliche. I simply mean there was a time in my life, uh, perhaps the same was for you, there was a time in your life where I did not walk with the Lord. I, I did not believe in God. I, I was not born again by the Spirit of God. I had not asked Jesus to cleanse me of his sins by the blood of Jesus. I wasn't born again, and I didn't have that guaranteed uh, 100% inner knowledge that I was saved and that I was given the gift of eternal life by Jesus Christ. Now, that, in fact, at at one point in my life, there is no question, um, there is no question that at one significant season in my life, I literally hated Christianity, the religion of Christianity. I hated Christianity. I, I hated Christians. I hated the Christian religion. And to me, I was like, well, I was raised as an atheist. I was raised as uh, a secular humanist. I was raised as a transhumanist. I was raised um, as somebody who did not believe in God, whose parents in their circle of friends hung out with artists, creative people, intellectuals, uh, financial people and stuff in New York City. So at a very young age, I had a deep whopping hole in the center of my heart, an emptiness that consumed me. And what that was, I didn't know it until years later, but that huge hollow vacuum inside of me was simply uh, the emptiness inside my soul, the hollowness, the sense of separation between myself and uh, God's created world and God's created universe, and most importantly, God, Jesus Christ himself. So this vacuum uh, existed inside of me, and uh, I began to to well, I started with the premise that Christianity was a religion for idiots. Now I'm not I'm not softening uh, or embellishing what I really believed, what I really felt at that time in my life. I'm actually being polite. Okay, I'm being polite. The reality is, is that my parents and their friends and stuff, they were artists, professional artists, you know, painting paintings and sculptors and authors and financial people and, you know, kind of cutting-edge intellectual-type people, artists, professional artists. My father was a professional artist, so um, as well as being the either the fastest man or the second-fastest man long distance in, in the United States for uh, long-distance track. So, so... There was that that synthesis of athletics uh, with intellectualism, art, creativity, and stuff like that. So 
um, what happened was is that I I began to my parents told me you know you don't accept anything just because somebody told you that was like that was the religious dogma of my household the religious dogma our our sounds almost blasphemous but the McGuire household if it, if if it even had a theology the theology simply would have been uh, that you believe in what you can prove, or you believe in what science can prove. And so the, the basic tenet of this religion, it was really, it, what, it, what it was really, it was liberal humanism. It was liberalism mixed with humanism, mixed with secular humanism, and it, you know, it was all stir, stirred up. And uh, the basic presentation was, if you wanted to know answers, Paul, and I'll take you to the library or we'll help you get the books or whatever, and then you can study for yourself. You can read for yourself the books on science, the books on science fiction, physics, you know, whatever the, the, the field of study was that contained a potential answer. Now, that, that was really uh, 180 degrees opposite of what most of my friends were experiencing. But don't get me wrong, they came from some great families that, that made their kids, you know, disciplined and do well and stuff like that. So I'm not belittling them by any means. But the point here is that it was pounded into my head as a young child that if I wanted answers and, and the school or whoever was not providing me with the answers, then I, it was my job not to be a passive, you know, a proverbial, we're all bozos on this bus. No, we're not all bozos on this bus. That's the, the pessimism and the despair of existentialist humanism. We are not all bozos on a bus. That is a demeaning, a serious demeaning and a belittling over God's crowning creation, who is mankind, male and female. And God created them, both male and female. So God created Adam and Eve as both male and female. Now, the the critical thing here is that God gave mankind and womankind and Adam and Eve, the two first uh, uh, people, they were given king and godlike and queenlike authority over. They were the rulers over planet Earth. And so, as the rulers of planet Earth, God did not create them with. Now, this is very important to to, to uh, grasp the the depth of this, because if you miss this, I'm going to pitch you a ball, softball, okay? I'm going to pitch you a softball and make it very easy for you to clobber the softball and get on base or whatever. So the the critical thing here is that you want to uh, be intellectually mentally, cognitively, and in every uh, usage of the brain, you want to be up to speed regarding using your mind, consciousness, intelligence, reason, rationalism, et cetera, et cetera, and scientific fact, Uh, whatever field you end up going into. Now, so uh, what 
my parents instilled in me was a passion for reading. They didn't they, they didn't read because they hated it. They always had a book, fiction or nonfiction. And the same was true with their friends. And 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 the books were were diverse, not in the sense of today's definition of diversity, but diverse in the sense of they could be on science, they could be on religion, they could be on genetics. I mean, it was a walk of creativity. It was a wild jungle that I was exploring and looking for answers. And what was driving me ultimately, I had this this inner driving force that would never let up, that was always probing and prodding me and uh, energizing me and directing me. And it was like a burden, a supernatural burden from God, where God was using his supernatural energy or power from on high to drive me to do the deep dive, the homework, the studying, the research, uh, the reading of people like Charles Darwin and stuff. So when, when I come to you today, I'm not exaggerating at all when I say that during my life, especially as a young person, it was quite common for me to check out 50 books, 25 books uh, a month from the public library. Now, that gave me a, a, a megadata download of all kinds of information. And for those of you that would doubt that, you got to remember that back when I was a kid and when many of you were a kid, we were not tempted with that, that bride of Frankenstein temptation where, where the seduction of social media, the seduction of, you know, your internet communications and video games and virtual reality glasses and just an endless uh, series of spectacular innovations that easily can sweep people into kind of a cerebral sea of fantasy, of imagination, of good, of evil. And, And the driving force for me was, I was told if you Acquired knowledge, knowledge is power. Knowledge is truth. So if you if you gain truth or knowledge, and I and I was taught, even from a scientific perspective, looking at the life of Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein and all those guys, Nikola Tesla, even looking at life from their perspective, um, I could see that that all of these men were on a a quest for answers and truth, and and many of them found answers and truth. But there was a tremendous spiritual battle regarding this battle for spiritual truth. So I want to remind you of a principle uh, in God's Word that is still applicable today. So the, the, the basic tenet of this principle is that when you pursue the truth, any kind of truth, theological, spiritual truth, uh, uh, genetic truth, DNA truth, historical truth, economic truth, musical creative truth, theological truth, whatever kind of truth you're doing a deep dive for and exploring for, whatever category of truth you're pursuing, the payoff has the potential, and this is what most Christians don't understand or they they miss it, and when they don't understand this principle and they miss it, they, they, it's the same as, as if they incurred massive financial losses 
and very important investments for their family. You see, this this truth is power. Knowledge is power. It's you, you can't debate this this the idea of even debating that truth is ridiculous because true truth or what Dr. Francis Schaeffer, the Christian philosopher used to say, true truth or final reality, that means what is real beyond just what our opinion of what is real is. So we train people in the classrooms to, to, to most importantly, think for themselves. But that had to be connected with another very important principle. And that was the very important principle of you study, do your homework, you analyze, you do your research. And on the basis of the research and on the science and the history, you determine whether or not your thesis or your theory is true. So, for example, there's a lot of scientists who have a theory or a thesis that Charles Darwin's theory of evolution is is true. And uh, all the Huxleys believe this. Uh, Alice Huxley, Julian Huxley, who was the first signer of the uh, uh, Humanist Manifesto. And uh, earlier on uh, in the Huxley line, you had a guy whose, whose nickname was uh, Darwin's T.H. Huxley. He was in the Huxley family line. And T.H. Huxley, Huxley was part of this higher class and higher order of this intellectual ruling elite of which the Huxley family was part of this. And um, they, they secretly, behind the scenes, promoted, conceived, and presented the uh, Darwinian theory of evolution. They came up with falsified facts to prove it as being true when it didn't have any facts of being true. It's, the, the theory of evolution is nothing more and nothing less than a self-generated fairy tale. All it is is a fairy tale based on a wild mythology. So here's the wild mythology. Since science and, and genetics and DNA, since it cannot disprove evolution, since it can't scientifically defeat evolution, um, it's stuck with a problem. The problem is the theory of evolution is contingent on how many years consecutively have to play out, which will prove whether or not evolution is true. So, so for example, given mathematics and soil decay and you know, bone fragments and uh, archaeological digs of all kinds, there's all this evidence of the existence of life going back, and that's where they debate pretty intensely how far it goes back. But the bottom line is, is that any way you calculate it, the theory of evolution doesn't come up as mathematically, scientifically, genetically true. So you do all the math, you do all the numbers, and, you know, 
the red alarm lights go off and are warning you and indicating to you that you have a, a problem with your theory or your science or something. You're, you can't, in other words, you cannot trust your, your science or your scientific experiment. So the, the, the loophole, the mind game that the scientists have always played since the, the theory of evolution, Darwin's theory of evolution, gained prominence, prominence, the mind game that evolutionists play is they cheat on the scale and time period and framework on the theory of evolution. And how they cheat is this. They deliberately multiply and they deliberately expand like to 200 million years, 400 million years. So so secular evolutionary scientists are going out there in universities and saying, um, you know, we're, we're, right now they found already 80 million fossil records. But none of these 80 million fossil records prove that evolution is true. Okay, because what they're missing is, quote, the missing link. In other words, they need that all important connecting piece, a piece of bone, sinew, a fragment with DNA on it. They need something that they can present as scientific evidence, which will show the genetic code, that which will show DNA uh, um, evolving from one species to the human species. Now, the, the, the devastating point here is that the fact of the matter is there is no substantive tr- proof. There is no proof. There are no scientific facts to substantiate Darwin's theory of evolution. So they have to cheat and try another strategy. So what they do is they, they, they cheat by simply artificially expanding the amount of time that they theorize that evolution would have had to have taken in order for all of creation and the entire earth to be, you know, inhabited. The critical ingredient, and I know we're not making a cake mix, but the critical ingredient is that we, because they cheat and they keep inflating it's very interesting. I was saying this to my wife the other day. The mentality or mindset, the deception upon which Charles Darwin's theory of evolution is based on, it's based on an ancient mystery Babylon perception. This is critical to understand. And what that tells us is that they're using a combination of the occult, alchemical magic, Luciferianism, Freemasonry, um, and other occultic, scientific, technological methodologies of so-called scientific exploration. And the way they, they carry out their, their experimentation is that even though they've collected 80 million um, archaeological bone fragments and stuff, they still have not found the missing link. They, they have not found a, a remnant, a bone, a piece of food with DNA 
or something buried deep down under an icy cave. They have not found empirical, scientific proof or archaeological proof that, yes, indeed, Charles Darwin's theory of evolution uh, most likely took somewhere between 200 million years and 500 million years uh, to to uh, have for it to have worked. So you see, this is a very simple ploy, and I want you to understand that you're being lied to and you're being manipulated to, but it's based on a very, very simple ploy. And this is the ploy. It's the same evil ploy that that the international bankers, it's the same evil ploy that the, that the, uh, the bankers who print money from nothing use. It's the same ploy that the Federal Reserve system or our global monetary funds work on the same principle. So you have to, and now what I'm going to say to you now is going to be like a curveball because some of you will know what I'm talking about. Some of you will not expect it. And in not expecting it, you may get, I'm speaking totally metaphorically, but you could get popped in the mouth. Now, again, let me say that very carefully. That was a metaphor. I have no intention of losing my temper and popping somebody in the mouth at all. So that is not going to happen. I'm simply using that as a, as a statement, as a metaphor. So we have to understand that, that the Bible is a multi-dimensional book, beginning in Genesis, ending in Revelation. Now, in my book, my brand new book, Power from on High, I, I talk about the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit and how the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit explodes into multidimensional reality and creates uh, it creates uh, a new kind of, of reality. So this is how this is how it goes down. Um, it's important to study and read and, and understand the scientific basics of the theory of evolution. After a couple of after a couple of minutes of reading evolution, or a couple of hours, or whatever, that, I mean, I, when I first started reading comparatively, like evolution versus uh, humanism and Darwinism, I mean, I, th- I thought this, the entire thing was a, a laughable joke. It was crazy. It was madness. Any literal idiot could see that that Darwinian evolution was a total fairy tale. So, we now have, we've come to the place in the human race where the human race is now traveling at a very high velocity. The human race is traveling at a very high velocity and a very high speed. And it's like it's on a giant future, a futuristic railroad going down the tracks very, very quickly. And as time incrementally, incrementally and slowly moves by, our physical reality begins to reform itself, redesign itself. And what happens is um, the, the glaring faults 
the egregious errors in the Darwinian theory of evolution are just jump out of the pages and, and, and like scream and yell because the mistakes, the philosophical flaws, the intellectual and scientific flaws, the technological flaws, the genetic and DNA flaws, the, the flaws of biology. There are so many flaws bit, built into uh, Darwin's theory of evolution. It's, it's simply mind-blowing. So in my book, Power From On High, I take us full circle. And by that, I mean that uh, in the very beginning, God created men, man and woman, in the image of God. He created them both male and female. And the longer they supposedly uh, were with each other, the greater the potential it was that, that they would be fruitful and multiply and, and have babies. So what happened was, uh, ever since in the 1800s, the beginning seedling arguments in the late 1700s, the, the concept of Darwinian evolution has been emerging to the surface in our society. And essentially, all the Freemasons, all the intellectual elite, they had a goal. And the, the goal was to, through education and film and, and literature and, and things of that nature, their goal was to totally eradicate and totally destroy the theory of evolution and replace the theory of evolution with secular humanism and the non-scientific idea of of um, that that men and women would develop their gifting and and grow through uh, random chance, which would take place over hypothetically you know over a two hundred to three hundred million period of time, and the more you inflate or the more you increase the time, the more you increase the potential and the possibility of uh, as time goes by, the more you increase the potential and possibility of uh, Darwin's evolutionary theory gaining enough traction to to be presented as a possible uh, theory. But that's not what happened, and that's not what's happening now. So now the human race is taking this massive, pivotal jump. The human race is taking the largest jump or the largest step in the history of mankind. The only time in mankind's history that we can go back and find this level of intensity, this level of transformation happening in our world is when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, when they were tempted by Satan, and uh, they lost their power and their authority to rule and reign. And genetically, and through their DNA, they activated the law of sin and death, and they fell. Man became a, a sinful creature, and man fell. And uh, man, in his fallen state, began to rule and reign planet Earth. So mankind, in a, in a present fallen state, begins to rule and reign planet Earth, because God gives spiritual authority to the human race, to Adam and Eve. Uh, God gives spiritual authority 
and the right and the power to rule over planet Earth like kings or queens. And since we have the DNA code of God, the the DNA code of God, we uh, have, we're not God, but we have many of the attributes and powers of God. And so, remember what is at the very core of what I call the greatest battle for the hearts and minds in the history of the world. And that's one of my recent books. The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. That, that battle, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, is playing out in the world all around us. And what is things that are lying, lining up is one massive human extinction-level event. So we have the potential of a worldwide drought, mass starvation, mass loss of food, uh, uh, a nuclear bomb going off, biological warfare, chemical warfare, a pandemic, freak weather, uh, the collapse of the current economic system, and connecting everyone via hive mind and world brain into a one-world economic system that is based on a wireless neural implant, which will allow you to be connected to the system. You will be allowed to buy and sell with this wireless neural implant. And you can conduct all kinds of business decisions with your wireless neural implant. This is the, this is the foundation of the greatest change in the history of mankind and civilization since the beginning of the world. The initial frameworks for mankind could could have been called uh, the religion of mystery Babylon. Because you see, when we go back into time, when we read the book of Genesis, and I explain this for you easily in my book, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle, Prophecy of the Future of America, Conquering the Matrix and the other books, when I explain this stuff to you in a simple manner, you all of a sudden understand that uh, you have been given a, a far higher level of perception, cognitive ability, historical knowledge, rational ability, all kinds of thinking abilities and gifts. And so you are able to process more information and faster information than than most of your peers. But God did not give you that ability to do that just so you could entertain yourself. God gave you that ability of a keen intellect. He gave it to you so that you could triumph and be victorious over uh, the shallow, uh, demonic, intellectual arguments that are are propped up like idols all over our uh, society. So you know Charles Darwin is an idol. His science is built on a is built on, on fantasy. So the, the critical thing here is, you know, as time goes by, and this is what I tried to bring out uh, in my book Power from On High. In Power from One High, after decades of intensive theological, spiritual, technological research, 
I studied the great scientists, the great philosophers, things like Mystery Babylon, the Bible, the Book of Revelation, etc., etc. And one of the things that I discovered was that there was no question that in this world today, in this earth today, there exists all kinds of ancient remnants, all kinds of ancient archaeological records of birds and animals and human beings and and knife handles and just an endless spectrum of things which uh, have, uh, you know, ancient DNA on them and proves that they're thousands of years old and they came from, you know, this civilization among the Canaanites or, or that civilization or whatever. And they found this stuff in the bottom of pyramids. They found it with the mummies. They found it in ancient, uh, what, they, what they believed, what they theorized to be ancient super civilizations. And then you have to be able to take a quantum leap in, in your understanding and your application of just how advanced science and technology is in our world today. It is massively way, way beyond what most people think it is. So we have highly advanced science fiction-like and highly advanced technological-like inventions that can be used to open up so many doors for mankind and enable us to do things we never dreamed of doing before. So. The, the central point here is that you and I are right in the epicenter of the greatest spiritual battle in the history of mankind. Never before in the history of mankind has there ever been a spiritual, intellectual, philosophical, technological, scientific battle on the level of the one that we're engaged in now. Never before as mankind on a global scale. This is what's happening right now. It's not a fairy tale. What I'm telling you right now verbally is not even remotely a fairy tale. What I'm telling you right now verbally is really what I'm telling you is the way things actually are, the way things really are. And if you want to understand clearly why we're in the kind of world that we're in, then You need to read books and expose yourself to knowledge and wisdom and intelligence that will bring home to you the facts that you need to to prove uh, the, the theories that you are wrestling with. You see, because you cannot process through, you can't have a fundamental breakthrough as a biological person. You cannot have a fundamental breakthrough as, uh, as an electromagnetic frequency projection whose design comes from another dimension. That, that will not materialize unless it materializes out of the soil of truth. So the critical thing here is that all of this upheaval began in the Garden of Eden on planet Earth. And God visited Earth a number of times. One time he visited, uh, and he noticed that Adam and Eve 
were just corrupting planet Earth. He noticed that Adam and Eve had activated the law of sin and death, the fall. He, he, he gave strict commands that they should not be fruitful and multiply unless they're doing so within the same uh, species. So, for example, uh, the human species is not supposed to be mating with uh, you know, the chimpanzee species or something of that nature. These are God's laws of, of being fruitful in multiplication. And they're genetic laws, they're biological laws, and they're DNA laws. Now, as we find ourselves in what the Bible calls the last days, that means that we as true Christians, we as Christians that are born again by the Spirit of God, we as Christians that have put our faith in the saving message of Jesus Christ and have asked to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus, um, and once we ask to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus and ask Jesus Christ to come into our lives and make us born again, then the Holy Spirit of God authentically and legitimately comes into our inner man and inner woman and inner heart and it regenerates our inner man, our inner woman. It regenerates it and makes us spiritually brand new people in Christ Jesus. So we are no longer mortal man and mortal woman. We have now become immortal man and immortal women. In other words, we now, through Christ, through faith in Christ alone, we now have the gift of eternal life. We have the gift of eternal life, and God promises us that by faith, this gift of eternal life will operate in our lives um, forever and ever. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the, the nanosecond you die, you will wake up in heaven, in paradise. It'll, it'll be just like the snap of your fingers. You'll wake up and be in paradise. And so all of this swirling upheaval is not accidental. These are the result of the greatest spiritual warfare that's going on in the history of the world, a spiritual warfare that encompasses a whole multi-dimensional level of principalities and powers, the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places, and all kinds of fallen angels and demonic powers, and all those men and women who, who receive the mark of the beast. These are technological, biological, genetic indicators of how far into the future that we are. But remember that the, the, the driving force behind this lust for battle, this lust for power, the driving force is the fact and the reality that the, the, fallen, the fallen angel, Lucifer or Satan, Satan means the father of lies, Lucifer means the light-bearing one, and the father of lies um, illuminates supernaturally, but it's a demonic uh, illumination. And God downloaded into the minds and hearts 
of the, the fallen angels and human beings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, God downloaded into them a massive, massive amount of technology, of science, of, of medicine, uh, physics, advanced mathematics, all kinds of very sophisticated science and technology was developed by mankind. So when the 200 angels uh, descended from heaven on Mount Hermon near Jerusalem, I remember flying into the airport in Jerusalem and the way they, they fly in, you see the whole the whole scope spread out below you of the, the Middle East. But flying in over up on the left, high up on the left, is a famous, very famous mountain called Mount Hermon. Now Mount Hermon is partially in Israel and partially in another Middle Eastern country. And Mount Hermon um, is alleged historians, theoretically evidence, it is alleged that on Mount Hermon, 200 uh, fallen angels descended upon Mount Hermon. They looked upon human females with with desire. They wanted to marry them. And so the, the mighty men of old, who were the fallen angels, married and mated with human women which when they did that, they violated the law of God because they mixed together two different species. They mixed together a human species with a uh, non-human or fallen angel species. Now, this was the massive sin which triggered God flooding the entire world with the, the flood judgment of Noah. And it's the only intelligent explanation for why uh, God had to not just flood all the sea creatures and the birds and the reptiles and the animals and everything else. Not only did God have to flood and wipe out all of those creatures, but additionally, God had to, to literally destroy every animal, every bird, every species of animal, etc., human being, every species on planet Earth had to be submerged and totally wiped out in a global flood, thus destroying forever the integrity of the DNA and the creatures that and the creatures in their DNA that would be wiped out in the flood. So this was the great flood judgment. And 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 when God, right before the time of Noah, uh, God looked at uh, Noah and his sons, who their DNA was okay. God, uh, God gave very detailed, detailed, massive, beyond the scope of your imagination, archaeological and architectural uh, uh, designs for futuristic buildings and a futuristic boat bigger than any boat ever built, and that was the Ark of Noah. And so the purpose of the Ark of Noah, according to God, it was to it was God's strategic effort to, to rescue 
the endangered DNA and genetics of men and women before the flood wiped out every species that was corrupt. So God is observing that planet Earth right now is in a very sick spiritual condition. There's evil, there's wickedness, it's just out of control on the Earth, just like it is now. Think about it, just like it is now. And then, on top of that, uh, there's chaos on the Earth, and uh, God observes the wickedness all over the Earth. God observes the fact that the, the chaos, the corruption of the DNA, the corruption of the genetic code, the corruption genetically of every man and every woman uh, conceived is now occurring on a global, worldwide level. And it's so egregious to God because one of God's primary commandments is God forbids mankind, forbids men and women, God forbids them to mate or have intercourse with any other species other than the human species with human DNA and human genetics. Under God's law, it is only lawful for all men and women, all animal species, etc. It is only lawful for all truly human men and women to be fruitful and multiply and make babies and to, to spread over the earth like what you know happened originally. And so it's very interesting. God doesn't throw away words. Notice that in the first three chapters of Genesis, that God tells the human race, which starts with Adam and Eve, okay? And God says to Adam and Eve, who are in the Garden of Eden, he says to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So Adam and Eve were commanded by Almighty God to enter the covenant of marriage and to aggressively, to be blunt, make babies, to be fruitful and multiply. And that meant, you know, 10 kids, 15 kids, or more. Our entire mindset, our, our in America today, which has been drinking from the breast of, of humanism, America today has been sucked into secular humanistic thought. And, and in the process, uh, this, this kind of non-human, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-God's word, anti-God's law philosophy is, is spreading across the very earth. So what happened was, is that God curses Adam and Eve specifically because the human women, the human females, are now uh, mixing or creating hybrid creatures with the fallen angels, the demons, the principalities and powers, all the demonic entities, all the demonic creatures who come to earth it's it's a common thing that the, the, the demonic beings are looking upon human women with lust and desiring to mate with them. And then, after mating with them, they create a, a hybrid species, 
which consists of non-human DNA or, or Nephilim or Rephium DNA mixed with female human DNA, which produces a hybrid genetic mixture. And so, you know, God is not even remotely intimidated by, by the ride we're on. God is sophisticated when it comes to understanding what's really in the heart of mankind in relationship to uh, transhumanism and genetics and DNA, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, we're now at a point where there exists what we could describe or identify as hidden players. So I expose this in my book. So when you read uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, when you read uh, A Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, you read Power from on High, uh, and the Matrix, uh, and many other books that I have at a big discount, by the way. We, uh, we have a whopping discount, quantity discount. Get yourself a box of them, give them away, better yet, loan them to people, and, you know, let them lead Bible studies. They don't have to know it all. They just, just be the person that facilitates questions. Okay, so one of the things that I and I'm not the only one this has happened to. But remember, I was militantly an anti-Christian. And one of the things that I observed, because I wanted to be a scientist when I was a kid, one of the things that I observed was that in the creation of men and women by God, and in the creation of the world by God, God incorporates an entire host of scientific inventions which are very, very futuristic, very, very uh, scientific, and very, very technological. God just breaks out of the box and reveals that he is the creator, capital C, the, the, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so when we, when we just graze through the Bible, we see it's bursting with information in Genesis on DNA, genetics, genetic reproduction, and God warning mankind not to reproduce with demonic species or fallen angel species. This is, you know, the, the counter-argument that attempts to say that there is no, you know, fallen angel species is totally nonsense. Nothing is by accident. Okay, so when I'm talking to you, and you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report right now, by the way, when I'm talking to you right now, outside, we are talking together in a multi-dimensional universe which transcends or goes way beyond um, the different, whatever it turns out to be, 11 multi-dimensional realities, 13 multi-dimensional realities. God is decoding his DNA code, which is, which is his chemical, technological, scientific, uh, as well as electromagnetic frequency, EMF, 
expression in this uh, real physical world reality. So, so science has gone through a massive shakeup in the last number of thousands of years. The massive shakeup of science is that science is disintegrating before our very eyes. Science is is projecting a false message that that human beings simply arrived by random chance over 200 to 300 million years ago. Mankind just arrived by random chance. That the Nephilim and the Rephium uh, talked about in the Book of Enoch, they descended, they were the fallen angels, they descended from heaven and they mated sexually with human women, and they were fruitful and multiplied and reproduced. Powerful stuff. Now, it gets more powerful than that. There were 200 fallen angels, known as the angels of Enoch, that descended upon Mount Hermon, and they looked upon human women with lust, and they desired them. So they married them, they, they made babies with them, and uh, they, they reproduced. So the human women began to reproduce with the Nephilim, the Rephium, and the other uh, fallen angel species, creating a hybrid species. Okay, so this happened. God wiped out the hybrid species. And this is the massively important reason why. God wipes out the hybrid species because um, if God allows this hybrid species to come to fruition, what God will have done is he will have destroyed the DNA code or the genetic code of the human race. Let me say that again. God will have, would have destroyed the genetic code of the human race. Now, deep in man's heart and women's heart, where we are in real space-time and history, they're calling this, this time period we live in, they're calling it the Great Reset. It used to be called the the uh, New World Order. Henry Kissinger babbled. Uh, it shouldn't say babbled. Henry Kissinger talked about it endlessly. So did Zabrinsky, Rockefeller, Plato, etc. I intensively, I've been talking and writing and researching about the New World Order and the One World Economic System and the One World Religion and the One World uh, Currency. For, for 50 years, deep research, and now I'm alive and I'm, I'm seeing that this cashless society, this neural chip implant where the human race, if, if they commit their lives to Satan, and the human race receives a secret neural uh, chip implant, then and only then will they be able to buy and sell electronically because it does away with the former global economic system and installs a brand new economic system. So this is the this is the elephant in the room that people need to start to talk about. This is the elephant in the room that needs to be discussed intelligently. You know, people let me down all the time. Uh which is not always easy to do because I don't publish contact information. But, you know, I did numerous History Channel specials 
<clears throat> where we talked on the mark of the beast, uh, the chip implant. I did a our Discovery Channel interview specifically on the mark of the beast. And, you know, it was really a weird thing because they took me in the room with the producers and the technicians at the big long table, and they were like reading my book. Well, you know, when, you're, when you do something a long time, you develop, first of all, the gift of the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. Number two is your intuitive senses. I'm not talking about psychic power. I'm talking about intuitive senses. Those senses can be uh, uh, amplified by the Holy Spirit, but always have to operate under the authority and umbrella of the Word of God. So I'm in, in the studios for the Discovery Channel in Hollywood. We talked for about an hour, and they were talking about the minutiae in the laws of electronic, electronically registered um, medical devices. Now, this book, I wrote uh, The Day the Dollar Died, which is all about the chip implant in the cashless society. And then, uh, a number of years later, I, I write, Are You Ready for the Microchip? And I talk about the laws, I talk about God, I talk about Bible prophecy, I talk about America, God's role in Bible prophecy. As a matter of fact, you can get Are You Ready for the Microchip at paulmcguire.us. You can also get uh, Are You Ready at paulmcguire.us, and you need to get it. So I was talking with their producers and other people. My position was that the Bible was correct, and that that when you read the legal language, um, which essentially opens the door for a neural chip implant, I remember the the producers and stuff of the Discovery Channel. I mean, they were all nice and stuff, but they were at the time they were interviewing me, and they put me in a table, and they must have had eight different really, really high-end cameras and audio and stuff, because when they were interviewing me, they wanted to capture the point of view or capture the, the, the video angles from, from like every conceivable position to make the show more interesting. So, um, this book, I don't talk about this book a lot, Are You Ready for the Microchip? Um, and the book, The Day the Dollar Died. Are you ready for the microchip? Copyright 2010. And I talk about not only things that, that are happening, things that are foretold in the Bible, and I wrote about it and stuff, while most people were still in a state of denial, and still are in a state of denial. So. In my book, Are You Ready for the Microchip? Chapter 1, Microchip in the Healthcare Bill. And the producer goes, oh, it's not there, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know, I, I, I respect what you're, you're saying. I said, but the reality is that you can tell by just reading my book, Are You Ready for the Microchip? Uh, and you can read for yourself the legal language used by our government. Uh, that allows them 
to create a wireless global society that will consist of a one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system. And this is this is like heavy stuff. So um, the the critical thing is that in this book, are you ready for the microchip? And and I follow all the way through to uh, power from on high, and and show show the the relationship between re- authentic biblical revival and Bible prophecy in my new book, Power from On High. So, we, we have today, they're still alive. You look at their birth dates. These guys, the percentage of these trillionaires that, that are very old and, and very healthy and mentally very sound is, is massive. They are taking different medication, different nutrition, different food. They have access to all kinds of different treatments to make their bodies go into the zone of what is called longevity and longevity, which I also write about, power from one night. Most people don't know it. So you're sitting there, you're basically being offered, you know, fast food style healthcare, which is lousy. Okay, the globalist elite that rule the world, they are purchasing. The very best, the very finest, the highest quality healthcare, herbs, vitamins, procedures, nutrition, treatments, uh, chemicals. They have access to things and they are using things that literally radically transforms their face without an operation and makes them look younger, more youthful, more vitality. I mean, it's like somebody chopped 30 years off their life. There are so many secret technologies in the health mental health field, biological body field, that that they've developed, and I write about it in my book, Power From One Eye. They write about it, and they have two new fields of science on it. One is called longevity, and one is called longevity, science of making somebody younger or living longer. Now, um, the, the... It has been an open secret that the globalist elite have planned on microchipping the human population, um, and l- l- let me let me give you a quote from my book. Are you ready for the microchip? Um, Biden asked. This is during the hearing. Biden asked Justice Roberts over national television. Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? Biden remarked, quote, you will rule on that. Mark my words, before your tenure is over, you will rule on that. So Biden is telling him what's going to happen in the future. Some Christians need to pay attention because Bible prophecy is coming true. Quote, can brain scans be used to determine whether a person's inclined toward criminality or violent behavior? Quote, you will rule on that, said Biden. So Biden is, as well as many politicians are, Biden is obviously extremely, extremely well informed on precisely what our future as a nation and society are going to be like that, be like. 
and he keeps um, talking to this Supreme Court judge nominee, telling him stuff that must be shaking him up. You will rule on that. Okay? Rule on what? A technology. He's telling them that a technology, just like the movie uh, with uh, Tom Cruise, um, where, where they can, you know, bust people for future crimes. This is it. This is the land of director Ridley Scott and stuff. It's, it's right here. Uh, did Vice President Joe Biden know far more than he let on? Are there currently secret plans to force every America, every American and citizens around the world to receive a microchip implant in the near future? Is it true that in the near future, all babies in America will be microchipped at birth? Okay, and so in my book also, I quote from, and you may know him, he was a big uh, Hollywood film producer and a big Hollywood you know, record producer and agent. And I quote him in my book, Are You Ready for the Microchip? And he did, uh, you can see the interview if you dig around on the internet. He, he did, his name was Aaron Russo. He was a Hollywood director and documentary filmmaker. And he discussed his relationship with Nick Rockefeller of the Rockefeller family. According to Russo, Nick Rockefeller personally told him that the elite's ultimate goal was to create a microchipped population. Russo produced the popular video Mad as Hell. Russo began a friendship with Nick Rockefeller, who attempted to recruit him into the Council of Foreign Relations. Um, and then Russo uh, challenged Rockefeller. And, and, and Rockefeller said, paraphrasing, the end goal is to get everybody chipped to control the whole society, to have bankers and elite people control the world. So, so this is, you know, this book came out in 2010. Now, on page 17, you know, these books that I write are jam-packed with uh, predictions, in detail predictions of the future. And that's supernatural. Now, those of you that know me know that I don't go around calling myself a prophet. But at the same time, it would be disingenuous and, fall, and false for me to hide or, or uh, cover up the fact that, that for over 50 years, the Lord has supernaturally been leading me into all kinds of research and history and the Bible and understand the Lord keeps opening up knowledge uh, for me supernaturally. And that is miraculous. You know, there's this, this mythology in the brains of Christians, and the mythology goes like this. It goes, Christians, you know, should be stupid and dumbed down and not really know anything. That is a false biblical theology. Christians should be intelligent, and they should know what's going on. So. Let me read what I wrote on page 17 of my book, Are You Ready for the Microchip? The chapter is entitled, Microchip Swine Flu Vaccines. Microchip implants were prepared to be used in swine flu vaccines where the chip is located in the tip of the needle with an inbuilt antenna that receives energy from incoming electrical waves. 
In September 2, 2003, Hitachi Corporation manufactured one of the world's smallest microchips with RFID transmitter called the U-chip. In an article entitled, Hitachi Developed Super Tiny RFID Chips, written by Martin Lauschenauer, and states that, um, and states that, sorry, um, that, that Hitachi has developed a tiny new powder, but this, ta- this powder also functions as a RFID chip. So what it is, it's, 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 it's an RFID chip in powder form, and therefore it, it is manufactured and produced to be 84 times smaller than their previous U-chip. So, listen carefully. I wrote this in 2010 in uh, Are You Ready for the Microchip? An Austrian manufacturer of the RFID chips suggested that microchips could be used in any mass vaccination campaign. According to an August 22, 2009 article, um, uh, a company, Verichip, um, is making is manufact is currently manufacturing virus detection chips or pandemic detection chips. These chips could warn people if they had been infected by the H1N1 swine flu virus, the H5N1 bird flu virus, or other pandemic agents, including those emerging diseases, to bioterrorism. According to the article, implanted human beings can be tracked anywhere, like an internal GPS system. Now, again, this book was written a long time before the COVID and the variants and everything else. I have a lot of research, medical research, some of my research. So, for example, uh, in, a, in a medical testimony uh, entitled Microchip Mind Control Implants and Cybernetics, published on 12-6-1 in 1974, a congressional testimony of Dr. Jose Delgado stated we need a program of psychosurgery for political control of our society. The purpose is physical control of the mind. Everyone who deviates from the given norm can be surgically mutilated. The individual may think that the most important reality is his own existence, but is only one his personal point of view. This lacks historical perspective. So, I have much more quotes from Dr. Jose Delgado. And he took a bull in a bull, bull ring and put a uh, microchip implant in it. So when the bull was charging the, you know, whatever the guy is who waves the bull to attack him, uses a red scarf, he was able to, on a wireless transmission, cause that bull to, to just stop in its tracks, stop in its tracks through technology. And then uh, Brzezinski, who's a partner of Rockefeller and the New World Order guys, um, they're into, look, I, I, I've read their books. I've written 48 books where, where the quotes of Brzezinski and these people keep coming up over and over again. 
And I'm telling you, according to their own writing and according to their own documentation, let me just read something else that Dr. Delgado said. He said, quote, man does not have the right to, to develop his own man mind. So Dr. Delgado goes on, man does not have the right to develop his own mind. This is total Nazi-esque fascism totalitarianism. This kind of liberal orientation has great appeal. We must electrically control the brain. In other words, they want to control you, your kids, everybody's brains. They want to control every microscopic aspect of your brain. Total lockdown, total control. Wake up, smell the coffee. Because with that, if you think for one moment, somebody ought to slap you in love. If you think for one moment that if you're under total electronic control, that you're going to also be simultaneously free, you're crazy. You will be, you will live in a total lockdown. The microchip implant they embed in you will totally control you like a cyborg, like a robot, uh, like, like some kind of android. This is not, not good. Okay? Um, so, Delgado says, someday armies and generals will be controlled by the electric stimulation of the brain. And this is published in, uh, this is, look, look at the, the level of research. I'm giving you research that comes from the top drawer. This is high-level stuff. This is not like a, a UFO Area 51 magazine. Okay, so Dr. Delgado, who is the director of neuropsychiatry at Yale University Medical School, he published this article um, in 1974. He published the article, Physical Control of the Mind. Excuse me, it first came out in 1969. So this is a science fiction dictatorship that is taking control on a global level. And we have never experienced anything like it. Okay, we have so much more to talk about. It's important stuff. I need your help. I don't know how else to put it. Doors are available to us to expand, to reach more people, to expand on video, to expand on our social media. But I have to have your help. I need you to pray and ask the Lord how much you should give financially, how much you should donate, and how much you should make for a contribution. Just pray to the Lord humbly, and whatever he tells you to do, obey him. And then, in the same way, uh, humble yourself before the Lord. I need you to pray as an intercessory prayer warrior for me, my family, the people involved in the ministry, and that the Lord would continue to use this ministry to save souls, and that you would supernaturally protect us. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would open the doors uh, for for us to spread the Word of God and the truth of God's Word as fast as we can to as many people as we can. Now, in this book, um, I don't, you know, this book is one of the best books I've ever written, and I don't talk about it enough. And I, I'm reading the pages here, and it's just off the charts. Of of what is uh, what is planned, and the role of technology, and and what's called the world plan, 
uh, initiated by Ma- Madame Blavatsky, the, the occult teacher. Um, this is a, a outline of the future. So, for example, so for example, under the the rule and control of the United Nations, largely funded by Rockefeller, under the rule and control of the United Nations, um, some of the most powerful occultic, satanic, Luciferian, new and new age teachers exist, and they have committed themselves to discipling and promoting and cultivating the occult gifts and the supernatural gifts, they're, they're growing them and cultivating them inside the hearts and minds of the men and women who serve at the United Nations all over the world. So example, one such lady would be Alice Bailey, the externalization of the hierarchy. That means life will be going on, AI, you know, the whole thing, and all of a sudden, supernaturally manifesting itself into this physical world, there will be this enlightened hierarchy, this ascended hierarchy. And when the externalization of the hierarchy is manifest, this is the beginning of the spirit of Antichrist manifesting its agenda. So um, there's so much more. And I'm do I have time? I'm going to have to do a second one on this. Because in this book, along with uh, Power from on High and uh, Prophecy of the Future of America uh, and the other books, when you put these books together, uh, essentially in the time frame that they were published, you are going to get an easy-to-read, easy-to-understand roadmap that will take you into the future based on Bible prophecy. And it will teach you, in simple terms, how you can navigate your life into the future. And how you don't have to be a victim, you don't have to be roadkill, you don't have to be, you know, uh, having a nervous breakdown 24-7, that you can be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But this can only happen when you and I work together, when you and I uh, are in unity. That principle works for evil people as well as good people. And I'm excited. I got stuff to to talk to you about that has come from some deep research, stuff that nobody else has released coming up, both scientifically and in other areas. But I need you to join the spiritual war. You know, if you're not in the spiritual war, you're you're not in the spiritual battle. We need to stand together in love, and we need to fight the spiritual battle that God has placed before us. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us.